You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. This is our seventh episode for the second season of Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures covering the 13th and final episode of Season 2, Return of the Return of the Jedi. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, returning to the co-pilot <laughs> seat, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, it's good to be back, Mike and uh, Star Wars fans. Thank you to... Jonah Marie from uh, Star Scavengers for filling in for me. I've had a yeah. long, long couple of weeks here. It's coming to an end. But, uh, man, I, I'm so glad to be back for this particular episode, to be back for the finale of Freemakers, Return of the Return of the Jedi. And i got to say, I've seen it a few times now, Mike, and uh, I'm debating. I, I think it's my favorite of the series. Um, it, it's kind of going back and forth with a couple mm. of the episodes with Grabala, but um, fantastic way to finish this out. We'll talk about this particular episode here in just a few moments, but man, there's been a lot of stuff going on since I've been on, Mike. Uh, we have a geez. lot to talk about. We have a lot. Where, to talk where should about. we start? Where do we start in this? Let's roll it back. Start? Let's roll it back because okay. I talked about it last week, but you didn't really get a chance. So uh, I have to know what your feelings are first and foremost on Colin Trevorrow leaving episode nine. So, there has been like I follow a ton of stuff on on YouTube and on obviously on social media and there was starting every, when this movie came out that he had the Book of Henry and it got panned by critics it made mm-hmm. no money people started talking and and I was one of those where like come on it's just you know he he tried something it didn't work or whatever uh, a lot of people were wondering man is this going to work with this with this taking on you know <laughs> the last part of of this new trilogy and mm. you know look what he look what he did with uh jurassic park a big budget movie and that's the you know one i guess one of the reasons why he got uh episode nine is because he can handle these giant blockbuster movies and that thing killed at the box office i, I love the movie i thought it was a fun movie even though it was you know parts of it were kind of the same we always hear the same thing oh it was it was just like jurassic park but whatever it was a good movie um i I wasn't. Let me. I'll tell you right now. I was not shocked at all. Mm-hmm. Like I saw that, and I go, 
Okay, makes yeah. sense. I mean, this is par for the course for for Lucasfilm now. It, it's every single movie has had. Well, I can't say every single movie. The Last Jedi is the one movie out of all these new this new stuff from Disney since 2012 that there hasn't been something that has been pulled out. Whether it's a writer, um, whether it's directors, yeah, uh, or a director, Mike. I, so, like I said, not shocked at all. And then the speculation began, well, who's going to take over? And we heard a bunch of things, you know, from Ron Howard to um, uh, who was doing The Lion King and who did uh, – John did, Favreau. You know, John Favreau and yeah. all these other things. And, 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 and then, of course, J.J. Um, Abrams was, was mentioned. And, of course, like I think we were on the same page, me and you. Like how easy would it have been to get Ryan Johnson back in? He already knows what's going on. He's there. He's, he's wrote the story for, for eight. He, it's such an easy transition. He got nothing going on right now. Um, but it turns out, I guess that he just, he, from what I can understand, what I hear, he turned it down. Yeah. And, and we get JJ Abrams in the helm again. And I'll say it's, of course, it's somewhat of a safe choice. I know I've been hearing that word go around a lot, and I understand that. Yeah, it's yep. um, this guy is something that Kathleen can go. Here you go. We know what you did with the Force Awakens. Here you go. Take it over. We'll even give you more time because I was like, man, this is going to go quick. This thing is less than two years away from being on the screen. Yep. Nope, we got the pushback of the date. Here's some more time. Take it over. Uh, finish it up. Do what you got to do. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. You, you know, it, it, again, it is a safe choice. I, I, but I don't have a problem with it. I don't know what are your thoughts. So, because I, I haven't heard your thoughts on because the last time you, you recorded, it wasn't announced yet. So, yeah. I think you're pretty happy about this, right? Yeah. Um, I had two choices. My first was Ryan Johnson, like you said. Like we right. were on the same page with that. It just seemed yeah. natural. And the Last Jedi looks so good, mm-hmm. um, just from a visual standpoint. That that to me, it's like, well, bring him back because he's doing things with Star Wars just based on the trailers that that um, I think are going to really push that visual aspect of the franchise forward. So I I was all for uh, Ryan Johnson. I was really pulling for him. Um, it was interesting because because a couple days ago he basically came out and said, yeah, um, I'm not going to. Right. I, I, I don't particularly want to do the next one. And that makes sense because these movies are big and they're difficult, right? Oh, it's yeah. not not oh, yeah. everybody is down for that. And I think this is the interesting thing. Movie directors, film directors, not down for doing the big franchise and then following it up with the big franchise again. They mm. want to go off and make a small movie that's a little bit more intimate, a little bit more focused on right. the filmmaking, a little bit less on the spectacle and the franchise aspect. And I totally get that. But the thing that I find really interesting is that you flip over to Marvel Studios and you look at the Russo brothers. And since Captain America Winter Soldier, they just been going, mm-hmm. right? Like they Cap's uh, Winter Soldier cap civil war and then i uh, uh, they're rolling right into avengers infinity war mm-hmm. um and uh, and after infinity war they'll be doing the avengers movie that follows that one up as well um and 
And I like that's it's really interesting because they come from television and in television, you work on the same property and you kind of day in, day out. It's very normal. They worked on on quite a bit of community, actually, Mm -hmm. um, the TV show Community, which is one of my favorite shows. Actually, let me let me pull that back for a second and and say officially Community is my favorite sitcom of all time, like like hands down. Um, you know, I like friends. I like Seinfeld. I like, I like, uh, uh, some like the TGIF stuff like boy meets world and that sort of thing. But community is in my opinion, the greatest sitcom ever made. Um, and it, it's hard, pre- you'd be hard pressed to find something better than it. I think, um, I know it's not for everybody, but for a nerd like me, it's awesome. Um, so I like, I, I've been fans of them since back then. Cause their names pop up all over that series. And you're like, these Russo brothers, like they must be, they must know their stuff. And then they move over to, to Marvel and just pump out awesome Marvel movie after awesome Marvel movie. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they're just going to keep continuing with that, which is really cool. Um, but you flip to star Wars and I don't think anybody wants to do that. I think no. what we're learning here to a certain degree is that Disney is much more precious with Star Wars because with Marvel, they bought Marvel because Marvel was a good deal, right? They bought Marvel because Marvel was in a bad place and they could snap it up and there was potential there. Because Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to see Captain America and Iron Man and the Hulk and Thor all come together as the Avengers? And they had this plan from the beginning and that plan was... Kevin Feige, you do your thing, right? Mm-hmm. They let him loose on that, and his thing has been very different from the source material. So that's a that's a world in which Disney is able to say, we took lemons and we made millions of dollars off of selling lemonade um, and lemonade merchandise, right? Like, like they they really really turned around Marvel as a as a um, pop culture icon from being like oh yeah they make comic books right spider-man x-men wolverine to being like no no the four characters that that comprise the original avengers are now four of the biggest characters in film history right Mm -hmm. um and characters that were previously unknown star wars is a very different situation star wars is three incredible movies that no one can argue with and if somebody does argue with them you just turn around and walk away from that person because they're not worth (laughs) having any kind of discourse with um and then three movies that are beloved by a segment of people and derived by a a a a larger more vocal segment uh, Mm -hmm. of people um but nevertheless a franchise that that is a juggernaut unstoppable and and um the i think one of the most recognizable film franchises in the world um Mm -hmm. you know and and really everything else just kind of doing star wars but a little different right those Mm -hmm. marvel movies are doing star wars they're just doing it a little bit different especially Mm -hmm. the guardians of the galaxy movies um so I think when Disney bought Star Wars, when they bought Lucasfilm, they went, okay, 
awesome. And uh, and George got Kathleen in to replace him as somebody who was now the steward of the franchise. Um, capital T, capital F on that. Um, sh- her job, as far as she's concerned, and I think as far as Bob Iger is concerned, is basically to be the brand police. Um, and I can relate to this because I'm a graphic designer and, uh, and, and I just recently did a, did a branding, uh, exercise and, 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 uh, I did a whole brand guideline for, for, uh, one of the companies that's, um, that that's under the company that I work for, sort of like one of our subsidiary companies and, uh, and, and was told by the CEO of the company that I work for like me and and uh, uh Mansur, my my manager who's another graphic designer it's like you guys are the brand police you're in charge and so there are other people who produce stuff within the company um and when they produce stuff with the new brand uh it is it is up to to me and Mansur to keep people in line and say like well, i don't think that that's quite on brand um mm-hmm. and and I, like so I can totally relate to where Kathleen Kennedy is because I have had to in the past deal with that's not quite on brand and then somebody going yeah but I think that this is better and then you go oh, you're not really here to think it's better or worse or anything to make judgment calls you're here to fulfill the brand guidelines um, and within those brand guidelines you can add whatever kind of flavor that you want but you got to stick to the brand and and that is exactly what's happening at Lucasfilm the problem has been their their desire to hire young up and coming mm-hmm. edgy and and um indie filmmakers this isn't even working is it <laughs> it's not working so like <laughs> yeah. Josh Trank out right yeah. major problems um gareth edwards needs Problems. to have his hand held a little bit right um right. not because i don't think because gareth edwards is a bad filmmaker i think he's actually a very good filmmaker i think gareth edwards is a little bit shoot everything we'll figure it out in the edit bay and you just can't make a star wars movie that way yeah. um so i think that at a certain point kathleen kennedy got in there and the difference with gareth edwards as opposed to uh, Lord and Miller or Colin Trevorrow is I think with Gareth, Kathleen Kennedy, the Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park. The list goes on and on. We've done it a million times, but all I need to say is Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park, right? That's all I need mm. to say. Yeah. And it's like, it's Kathleen Kennedy. When Kathleen Kennedy shows up and says, let me give you some pointers you don't go, yeah, but my vision. You go, absolutely, please, <laughs> right? And I yeah. think like that—that that is the biggest thing. And I think that a lot of the fans actually are missing this this part of the story. Um, you have to respect. You have to respect that level of authority. You have to. Kathleen Kennedy is a woman. In the in Hollywood, who has been working in Hollywood since who know like since like the eighties, like that you know I I mean if we go back I'm sure like probably the late seventies right, um, mm-hmm. as a producer, 
in a time before political correctness and and uh, uh, affirmative action and that sort of thing. Not I'm not criticizing any of that stuff, but I'm just saying to put it in context, she was there before that stuff became um, part of the conversation. So she was dealing with stuff back in the day when the fact that she was a woman meant that her opinion meant less. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet she is a powerhouse in Hollywood and you have to, you have to respect that. Yeah. Because that means that she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about. She's good at her job. She is the person that George said, my crown goes to this person. I abdicate the throne on the grounds that this individual, a person that I know and trust, mm -hmm. takes over the franchise. It takes over Lucasfilm, because not just Star Wars, but also Indiana Jones. When that right. person shows up and says, a little off the top, you say, this much or this yeah. much? That's what you say. Like, you don't go, well, but my vision. And I think that Josh Trank was like, I don't care what you say. I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. And so it was like, get the heck out. And I think with Lord and Miller, it was, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Is she gone? Right. And then they did <laughs> what they wanted to do. And yeah. she was like, you're out. Uh, and I think with Colin Trevorrow, it was like, you need to course correct we're not doing this again. And he was like, mm, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And then, and then uh, if, if I had to guess based on, on some of the stuff that I've read about him in the last year, uh, and based on some of the stuff that's, that's contained within, um, uh, Jurassic world, I think that, that Kathleen Kennedy was like, you got to fix some of these problems because these are serious problems that conflict with the direction that Star Wars is heading. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and not to put too fine a point on it, but Colin Trevorrow's idea of feminism and um, a, a, a true idea of feminism and equality are a little bit far apart. And I think that, that it's obvious the direction that star Wars is going, which is a much more representative, much more equal, uh, vision of the star Wars galaxy. And before everybody starts getting all, uh, up in arms and, uh, you know, a feminist agenda, yada, yada, yada. Um, Ray is one of the greatest characters in star Wars, right? Like I, yeah. we can argue about that if you really want to, but I think that when it comes down to it, like the proof is in the force awakens. She's an incredible character. And I, she, that character is a female character, which means that she's at the center of this story in the sequel trilogy. And that means that you got to get, you have to get the female perspective correct that doesn't mean that it's going to be a a feminine movie but i think that does mean that you have to do certain things and if you go back to jurassic world claire running around in high heels in the muddy jungle i uh, it, it didn't make sense and and beyond that it was just kind of it was just kind of this weird thing of like well but why mm -hmm. right like but why? And, and I, uh, 
and I th- I think that that Colin Trevorrow has just some some interesting and weird ideas about what what it means to to be a male filmmaker um, writing and directing female characters, and I I think that's this is just a hundred percent speculation, but based on some of the stuff that I heard about about his new movie. Um, and based on some of the stuff that happened that is on screen in Jurassic World, as well as some of the stuff that his comments afterwards, um, I honestly think that that's where the conflict came from. I think that, that we have Ray. I, I think that we are introducing Rose in the new one. And I think that those characters are central to this story. And, uh, and, and maybe he didn't necessarily get that in the way that Kathleen Kennedy wanted him to. And, and so I think it was like, figure it out. And he tried to figure it out and he just was not figuring it out. And at a certain point she had to say, we don't have any time for this. Right. Out. And then I think the first thing she did was call Ryan Johnson and say, can you stay? And he said, yeah, I'd rather not. And and so she said, okay, cool, totally understand, click. JJ, you got to come back, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I think that, that JJ uh, was probably a little bit reluctant, like he was to do Force Awakens in the first place. But but there was uh, I, uh, either a number or a reason that Kathleen Kennedy was able to present that, uh, that, that got him back in the director's chair. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, I, as an artist, I think the best argument that you can make to, to an artist in, in the position that JJ Abrams is in is like, look, I can write as many zeros as you want, but I don't think that that's as important as the fact that I, You've got a, a this baby that that you created in the Force Awakens, and Ryan has taken that and he has just upped it exponentially. And then Colin just wasn't meeting our expectations. I don't I don't know if anybody else can handle bringing this home no right yeah and like do you want do you want to let somebody else take the 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 awesome first step the second the the incredible second step and then fumble it on the third one and i think that that conversation is how you get jj abrams to go all right you've got me back okay yeah let's do it but i'm gonna need another you know few months and so that's and then we we end up with with uh, the push from uh, May to December, um, which I like, I like that push actually. Myself. You're happy with it, <clears throat> yeah? Because I, I don't know. I've been getting used to this December thing. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. I know you wanted it because it was on your birthday, but it it, it was uh, intended to come out <laughs> on my birthday. But yeah. here's the thing: I'll be fine. Han Solo technically comes out on May the 25th in 2018, yeah. but you everybody knows we're gonna be there on Thursday night, the 24th. Right watching it so that's my birthday i'll be taking the day off enjoying myself some star wars uh i action watching star wars on t on on uh on blu-ray and that sort of thing and then i'll I'll head out to see han solo Mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm okay i get i get to have han solo this year um and then and then or sorry not this year but 
next, next year, tw- 2018. Next summer. Yeah, yeah, next summer. And then the year after that, uh, it's okay. I can wait a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. here's the, here's the thing real quick. And, and you were mentioning Kathleen Kennedy and, and the power she has. And listen, this is, this is arguably, I'd just say arguably the biggest franchise out there right now, along with the biggest studio in Lucasfilm and Disney. Yeah. And they don't, she is not playing around. Like no. we, I can just see her saying that we're not playing around with this franchise. This is, uh, this is our ticket right here. And she goes to Trevor, you know, here's the last Jedi. Everything's been going smooth. She loves what, you know, obviously Ryan Johnson did. Um, like you said, gives him a chance to, to finish it out. He's like, no, that was that's obviously a tough job to do. He probably just wants to take a break. Yeah. And what is she, and Trevor is just not cutting it. Like whatever he's writing or whatever he's doing, it's, it's just not living up to what they think is, is like you said, it's, this is, this has got to close out this trilogy. So what does she do? Goes to, Somebody who she can trust, yeah. Which is JJ, and and here's the thing, and here's the question I'll ask to you is, is obviously she goes to him because she knows that he he's been here before, he's gonna be easy to work with. But does she also trust him with because he's writing the story now too? Him and Chris Terrio are writing the story now. Obviously, she trusts him to to get this thing done, to write the story, and to close this thing out in, in a good way. So I don't think she's gonna be on him like she maybe was with the Tranks and the Gareths and obviously here the Trevaros. Um, does he get, with him and Terrio, does he get that free reign? Like, hey, you got it. We're not replacing you. Dial us in. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that they, with JJ, she's more comfortable. Right. Um, if only by virtue of the fact that he's already done it once. Right. And like, in right. my opinion, he made the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, so I yeah. uh, I'm and that that's that's mm-hmm. as of today's standing. We're recording this on September 13th, 2017 by by uh, uh, what December, December. What day are we going to be seeing it? The 14th? Is it right? the 14th? I what day yeah. does it come out? The 15th or the, the 16th? But so it was it the day before the, the release day. Right. But. By the time that I see The Last Jedi, that yeah, order 14. may change yet again. Yeah. It won't change much because it'll still just be the descending, you know. I They get better with every movie if you yeah. put them in order. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's, that's um, your order, yeah. That's yeah. my order. So, uh, I, yeah, um, my opinion might change later, but as of right now, The Force Awakens is my favorite Star Wars movie. So, J.J. coming back? Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's a great thing, and I think that Kathleen Kennedy feels the same way. I yeah. think that there's a confidence, and, and the, it it comes down to exactly what you were saying: is like we cannot mess around, mm-hmm. can't mess around. That's what this is. That's what this move is. This yeah. move is not is not playing it safe. This move is we got to get things back on track. Yeah. Right? They haven't even started filming or anything yet. And so and exactly. they already asked him, like, okay, we're done. You know, yeah. thank you, but we're going in a different direction. And like and it was like a one two. It's like, okay, Han Solo, problems, trouble, get rid of him, bring in Ron Howard. Ron Howard, trusted, talented, uh, professional, just everything that you need in order to bring that movie home and by all accounts doing a great job of it. Um and and 
you know, taking a movie that I was previously uh, not that keen on, turning into worried about, and and now with with a few of the things that he's posted recently, flipping it right back around to, I think this might actually be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ron Howard coming in and doing and like being a part of that, that's a really big piece. Um, so I think like these moves show that Kathleen Kennedy is in a position to not screw around with this franchise. I uh, yeah. like the movies themselves are expensive to make, right? They're, they're big Hollywood blockbusters effects, spectaculars, pulling out all the stops, innovating, pushing the envelope, doing everything that a star Wars movie does, big actors, big paychecks, big, big price tag. <clears throat> I think what I would be a little bit more concerned with if I were Bob Iger is um, the ridiculous, monolithic, uh, gargantuan, leviathan investment in Disney parks. Mm -hmm. The largest expansion ever in the history of Disney, of the Disney parks, right? Like single land expansion. Um, well, I'm guessing billions of dollars. I mean, I don't think that. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that that's far off. Two parks on like two coasts with with more or two lands, I should say, in in two parks on on opposite coasts with plans for international parks as well um, to come online in the near future. I uh, like that is a big investment. That's a lot of money, and if I'm him, we cannot afford. For Star Wars to flop now, mm-hmm. uh, it's like n- more than ever. It's like yes, great start, awesome. Everybody loves Star Wars again. Everybody's a Star Wars fan. Star Wars mania. We're we're selling T-shirts. We're selling action figures. We're selling uh, stuffed porgs. We're selling everything. Yeah, we're selling out of things. Right? Um, yeah. Can't keep up with demand. I. And then the movies themselves are just making money hand over fist, more breaking records, box office records, and otherwise. I we got to continue that because we are about to spend the most money we could spend on a franchise with a completely immersive experience that hinges on this sequel trilogy. And I don't think that people are paying enough attention to that fact. It went from in early concept art being classic trilogy era to now being firmly in the sequel trilogy era. Um, yeah. Those a the A wing and X wing, those are sequel trilogy A wing and X wing. That's a T seventy, and so you know I when we see rebel we we won't see rebel pilots. We'll see resistance pilots. We will see first order stormtroopers, right? Um, I think that there will probably be opportunities to see classic characters like Vader and Luke and that sort of thing for meet and greets. But I think that the, the, the story that this land takes place in is firmly, firmly ensconced in the sequel era. And that is a big gamble because it's not done yet. Right. right. We're still in the middle of it. But I think that the force awakens coupled with the last Jedi is giving Disney enough confidence in, in these movies to say, yes, this is star Wars. Now this is cause I look, they're going to make eight 
or sorry, nine, and then they're going to continue with the same characters. They're not going to take a 30 year gap. They're not going to wait 20 years for, for, uh, uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac to get older, to make more movies. We're going to get 10, 11, 12. We'll probably get a two year break or something like that. And then on the third year, they'll come back with the new trilogy, but we're going to get another trilogy with the same cast of characters. Star Wars is going to look different moving forward from episode nine. Um, and, and Disney parks is, is evidence of that. So nine's got to be good. It has to be indeed. Sorry. It can't even just be good. Nine has to be great. It has to be as good as the last Jedi. And is there anybody out there? Is there anybody on the internet? And if there is, please hit me up at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-L-F on Twitter and tell me, uh, do you think that The Last Jedi is not going to be a great movie? Do you not think it's going to be the best Star Wars movie? Because I watched that trailer. I watched that behind the scenes. I hold that Porg in my hands and I... <laughs> yeah. uh, I have no doubt that this is going to be the best Star Wars movie ever that I that, yeah. that and that I think there's going to be a lot of Empire fans who are going to have to begrudgingly put that one down and pick this one up. Mm-hmm. There's, it's going to be undeniable, I think. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe I'm building up my expectations too much, but yeah, uh, don't get overhyped. Don't get overhyped. Yeah, man. but uh, I I it down now. <laughs> look. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I really hope we don't get it in a trailer. I really hope we don't get it in a TV spot. Mm, The moment that Luke ignites that green lightsaber again for the first time in 30-plus years, uh, is going to be – that's going to be a moment. That's going to be the moment, right? That'll be the moment, yeah. Because that moment is – the moment in A New Hope when Obi-Wan busts out his lightsaber in Mos Eisley Cantina, right? Mm-hmm. We just didn't know it at the time because it was it was the second time we ever saw a lightsaber. The first time was with Luke, right? But, right. but that that is the first time that Obi-Wan's busts out that lightsaber, as far as we know, since he killed Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... I you know, that's so much meaning. There's so much meaning in that. I posted a video on the Thunderquack Patreon group, which is a plug. If you're a supporter on Patreon at a dollar or more, you get access to that. But I posted a video there today uh, that's a, a sort of an Obi-Wan. It's kind of him uh, when he first meets Luke and Luke sort of going like, oh, this, this R2 unit says he belongs to a... a an obi-wan kenobi maybe you know him so like that scene and then the scene in the hovel when he gives luke the lightsaber and then luke talks about it asks about anakin it's those two scenes but intercut with with stuff from the prequels and it just in nine minutes succinctly tells the story of obi-wan's failure um and and the loss of his best friend um and it just like Oh my God. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, and I saw it, that. Yeah. it, it had me like the, it had, had my emotion. It was playing with my emotions so much. Um, and, uh, and it just makes everything that happens in a new hope so much more impactful when, when you're looking at it with that lens. Uh, and, uh, I, 
it's the thing I love about Star Wars, and it's the thing that I love about these new new Star Wars movies as well, is that they get better with age, just just consistently better with <laughs> age. Um, yeah. There's just always so much to add to it, but I yeah I I don't know what I just kind of bring that up to bring it up, but. Um, I, it's just you know we're in a we're in a space where like that's what star wars means that's what luke skywalker means to a lot of people i like i know that a lot of people love obi-wan kenobi but i think that more people are are attached to to luke skywalker and to have that moment of him igniting that green lightsaber i think that is going to be one of the greatest moments in all of star wars yeah um, just well, to look see how- him bring that back yeah and 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 this is to round it out as far as jj is concerned i mean yeah. look how he brought back han solo and chewbacca uh, but again that was in a trailer that kind of blew us away that was a great way to bring those those two back um so not that he you know this is we're talking about episode nine I, we hope that happens in episode eight of course but yeah when you talk about JJ coming back and doing that, that's the kind of stuff that look what he did to bring this thing back into, um, you know, everybody's conscious again and, and brought in a lot of new fans and well, everything. So my, my, Woo. my through line from like Chewie we're home is the moment in the force awakens trailer that you're just like, yes. Yeah. And then in the last Jedi, and I know it's controversial, but I'll say it. I, uh, the moment when Luke says it's time for the Jedi to end, that's the mm-hmm. Luke's. Oh, yeah. That's Luke's. We're home moment of yeah. like, it's like True. Han and Chewie back on the Millennium Falcon, and it's like 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 that was there was so much new information to process there because it was like wait we're home, why weren't you on the Millennium Falcon before? Yeah. What yeah, does that mean? Fun. You didn't have yeah. the Millennium Falcon. What is the you're getting the Millennium Falcon back? Somebody stole the Millennium Falcon from Han Solo. What what happened? Right. And Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end. It's like, but what happened? Why mm-hmm. do the Jedi have to end? Why does he feel that way? He's the last of the Jedi. He's, he's, he's the return of the Jedi. That's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he is the Jedi order. And now he's saying that the Jedi have to end. It's like the same thing, except that it's an act two version of we're home. We're home is act one. And, and that's act two. I think the thing that's going to be really cool about episode nine, if I can predict, is that the moment in a trailer where that happens is going to be Ray. Because episode yeah. nine is going to be the movie that firmly places like it's not their story anymore. The the old and I mean, right. like some of it, some of it by choice with Harrison Ford and Han Solo, some of it. I, I, because of circumstance with Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia, um, and and we're, we've yet to to learn the fate of Luke Skywalker, but I I would imagine that he doesn't last through Episode Nine if he even makes it through Episode Eight, um, and so I think that we'll get a great moment in in that movie in in Episode Nine, Return of the JJ. I <laughs> uh, where I uh, where where Ray gets that that oh my god what does that mean moment and I uh, I if I can speculate and it's part speculation and the other part of it is hope as I talked fondly about Obi-Wan just a few minutes ago I uh, 
I, I, my hope and my speculation is that it is a moment that ties her to Obi-Wan Kenobi and that it, it's, it's sort of like a, I don't know. I can imagine her saying something like she's in a, in a battle with, with Kylo Ren and it's something about if you strike me down or something like that. Um, and mm-hmm. just, it's just like that moment of like, Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> right. Um, because it has to be a moment of like realization and like fulfillment. And, and I'll tell you that, that Obi-Wan video, what I posted along with it is like, I am more convinced than ever after watching that video that Obi-Wan Kenobi's story is not over, that the Kenobi legacy isn't complete as long as Kylo Ren is out there continuing the work of Anakin Skywalker. And I think that the only way that you can bring Kylo Ren back from the dark side and bring him back fully into the light and, and purge that darkness from him, because he's a little bit of both, um, is 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 through a kenobi i think like that is the 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 story is a circle and and the only way that you fulfill that destiny of the kenobi uh legacy is for a kenobi to be the one to bring him back because uh that's just i don't know i think it's just the way that it's got to be that's my opinion but that's what there you go (laughs) sequel trilogy so much going on but but you know what yeah. Everything's in good hands now. Everybody, everybody, yeah, relax. Uh, I've heard a few people like getting a little bit. I, I worried that. What's the writer's name again? This writer, this Chris. Yeah, that. Um, he was one of the writers on on Batman v Superman and Justice League, um, and that that worries right. people a little bit. I, I, I'm not too worried about that. I think that working with JJ, that 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 will temper that a little bit. Um, <clears throat> Cause I do think at the heart of it, there's, there are some good story beats within Batman V Superman. It's kind it's a little bit more the, the way that it was directed and the way that it was all kind of brought together that, mm-hmm. that makes that movie a bit confusing and weird. And, and that I, the, that is the fault of, of producing it's the studio and, and the direction that, that, screws up batman v superman it's not the performers it's not i don't think it's the writing um no because a lot changes between the time when you write a screenplay and it gets shot into a movie Mm -hmm. um so i wouldn't be too worried about that i think you just need somebody who can get the job done i i and jj will be heavily heavily hands-on to make sure that happens that is why the delay so i just as he did with michael arndt's screenplay he will come in and he will get this ship righted and he will he'll he'll get the job done so rest assured everybody chill Uh, out everybody relax let's do it i like it as we are often saying on on uh, our podcasts i the the fandom needs to bring it down a notch Everybody needs to chill out. Everybody needs to to not worry so much and also just kind of accept what it is. It's like I don't have to necessarily like Rogue One, but I don't want to take that enjoyment away from anybody else. Not seriously. Like I might poke fun every once in a while and give it a hard time because it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. But I know that there's a lot of people who love it and consider it their favorite Star Wars movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that the biggest thing is that like, look, whether I like it or not, it's star Wars. 
it's there. There's stuff about the prequels that I don't like either, and it's there. That's the those are the movies. You know, there's parts of the Clone Wars like Mieber Gascon. You know, like it's not. I mean, it's not really his fault the character, but <laughs> you you guys yeah. know what I'm referring to. I yeah. like there are parts of the Clone Wars that I don't like that I could that I could leave on the table, but same, same um, with Rebels. But same with Rebels, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like droids fighting spy droids while Zeb is frustrated. It's not my idea of a good 22 minutes, but it's part of Star Wars Rebels. And at the end of the day, even with that as part of Star Wars Rebels, still love Star Wars Rebels because the majority of it is so great. And look, any Star Wars is great Star Wars because, you know, like, look, it, it could be 1990 right now. And there could be no Star Wars. There could be nothing going on. Yeah. yeah. But instead, yeah. we have an incredible animated series. Uh, we have uh, Star Wars Blips, which uh, is, is the gift that just keeps on giving. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who makes Star Wars Blips a reality because nothing gets my daughter to chill out and watch. Just because nice. she's a one-year-old. Like, getting her to watch a show with me and just like enjoy something together where I can just get five minutes of, of quiet and, <laughs> and not yeah. chaos. Yeah. Um, star Wars blips. I hit that playlist, go on my PlayStation four YouTube app, hit that playlist for star Wars blips and it plays through and Kara just sits there and watches it. So we've got nice. that. We have forces of destiny. We have, uh, we can go back and watch the Clone Wars. You can watch all these movies. There's a movie coming out in a few months. In uh, let's see, it's it's nine weeks from from Rebels premiering. Okay, because mm-hmm. Rebels premieres on the 16th, which we're gonna talk about in a second. Which is like one, two, three. It's about four weeks away, right? We're just about a month a month away from Star Wars Rebels season four premiering. And then from there, it's nine weeks. So we are then 13 weeks, right? We're 13 weeks away from a new Star Wars movie hitting. That, like, why complain? Who's complaining? (laughs) What are people complaining about? Can't wait. Yeah, there's nothing to complain about. Life could not possibly be better. So good. Because guess what? In between now and then, we've also got Thor Ragnarok and Justice League. And Justice right. League is going to be a steaming pile, okay? It's not going to oh. be a good movie. He's calling it now. Let's just be really clear about that. It's not going to be good. But it's <laughs> going to have Batman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, uh, Superman, Aquaman. Am I missing one? No, I think you got them all. Flash. That's that's only six. Batman, Did you say Flash? Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman. Wonder Woman. I said Wonder Woman. I guess there's only six, but it's like there should be seven seven Justice League members. Maybe there are only six in this movie. In any case, it has all of those characters, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to suck. It's going to be a terrible movie, but it's going to be really (laughs) fun to watch, just like Batman v Superman was. Yeah. And I know it's it's hard to wrap your head around how I'm excited and also dreading Justice League, but... (laughs) 
that's the life of a Superman fan. I that's am excited funny. and and in dread at all times. Oh, at the same time, <laughs> Superman is my favorite character of all time, and yet nobody knows how to how to handle him except for like five people that are currently alive. So um, yeah. that is what it is. But those movies are are between now and then. Uh, Kingsman: The Golden Circle is like. I think it's next week. I think it's the 20th. That's next week. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. If you're not a fan of Kingsman, you can get right out. You can get right out. That's fine. Because fun. Kingsman is awesome. First Kingsman has Mark Hamill in it. Mm-hmm. So go watch Kingsman and then watch Kingsman the Golden Circle. And then there will be scary movies and stuff to watch in October. If you haven't seen it yet, like I haven't, then that's a movie to go see in the movie theater. Uh, you know, like... There is so much going on between now and a Star Wars movie and then more Star Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And it's the best time to be a geek. It's the best time to be the type of people that we are. Um, and you just said it. Look, we got, we got Rebels coming. So, yeah. um, And some interesting news came out about Rebels recently. Uh, we know we have the 15 episodes, correct? Or is it 16? 16. 16. 16. 16. And it's... We got the debut now, October 16th, a weird time frame. I think it's for us here in the States, it's like 1230 in the morning or something like that. Uh, and then it repeats throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't matter because I DVR it anyway. But um, 16 episodes. And the, and the strange thing is we were talking about this. We're trying to figure out if this thing is doing two episodes every week because the first – was it? The first three weeks, it's two episodes, right? Yeah, so the first four episode titles have been revealed. Uh, spoilers if you feel like these are spoilers. Oh, right. But yeah. 401 and 402 will air on October 16th, Heroes of Mandalore Part 1 and 2. 403 and 404 on uh, October 23rd, the next week, uh, in the name of the Rebellion Part 1 and 2. And then on the 30th, we get both 405 and 406. 405, The Occupation, and 406, Flight of the Defender. So, um, yeah, four titles, uh, uh, over six episodes, uh, over three weeks. And if that is how they're going to continue, Matt and I did the math and 16 episodes, they will be done before the last Jedi. Um, they can even take a one week break in there. And still be done before. Um, and still be yeah. done before The Last Jedi. Now, I don't know if that'll fit with production timelines or if we'll get kind of the first eight and then the back eight um, in, in 2018. <clears throat> but something tells me that, that the the truncated season at 16 episodes as opposed to the, the 23, 24 of the last two seasons um, and... And the fact that this is the end of the series and we're moving on to the next thing, I just really feel like 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 we're we're in for a roller coaster rocket ship to the end of this series um, mm-hmm. by the time that that we hit uh, the last Jedi, because I think that I still think that the next thing is post Return of the Jedi. Um. That, it, too, that yeah. it's that it's between I Jedi and and Force Awakens yeah. and uh, and I think that they kind of just want to get Rebels out of the way so that they can move on to to that era. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, the last episode of the Freemaker Adventures this season 
kind of points in that direction. It kind of mm-hmm. points in the direction that like maybe we might actually see the continuation of some of these characters on a different show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that. But <clears throat> but for now, like, let's just keep focused on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, 16 episodes, nine weeks between the premiere and The Last Jedi. That includes the ninth week being the week that, that The Last Jedi comes out. So the, the season right. finale. Can you imagine that week? We start Monday with... The season finale, season the series finale, finale the series, series finale yeah. of Star Wars Rebels. Right. And then we end that week with The Last Jedi. Wow. I mean, I will be in Star Wars heaven. I will not because I'm, I will be in like some sort of metaphorical bliss. I will literally die and go to Star Wars heaven because <laughs> it's too much goodness for one week. So who knows? This could be crazy speculation, but... Those first three weeks, two episodes a week, yeah. Like, what's going on? Right? I just wonder is is this something where they have to try to finish this show because something shows somebody or somehow shows up in the Last Jedi and they have to get it finished before? I know that's kind of reaching way out there, and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that's going to happen. But I guess it's sort of a small, small possibility. Um, they haven't really done that before. I mean, we've seen little, you know, hints of, oh, there's there's Chopper in the corner and, oh, there's the ghost in the battle in Rogue yeah. One. They've done that kind of thing, but they've never done something as huge as um, bringing think, a character, showing a character in a movie. What do what you, you say? So do you think, I think if, if I'm tracking what you're saying, are you saying that possibly, potentially, we could learn the fate of a Star Wars Rebels character in The Last Jedi? Yeah, is, that, is that what you're thinking? Because, yeah. like, yeah. let's be really clear. Kanan's not making it out of this season, right? right? That is not happening. I said it last week. I'm going to continue saying it until the character dies this season. He's right. not making it out of the series. Star mm-hmm. Wars Rebels is partly Kanan's story. Like, I really feel like he, he is as focal a character as Ezra. Ezra is obviously the main character in the way that Luke and Rey are main characters in Anakin. Um, right. but, but Kanan's story is... Ezra's story and if Ezra's story at least the part that involves Kanan is coming to an end then that means that Kanan's story is coming to an end and all that stuff in that trailer which you know we're, we're kind of talking around it but but that trailer hit and I got serious foreshadowing vibes that mm-hmm. that like Kanan is going to make that sacrifice that we've been talking about for the right. last three years right Mm, right um so i i do i don't think that he's making it out of this series i do think that there's a possibility that ezra bridger will show up as an adult Mm -hmm. um in a flashback that reveals what happened to luke and and uh with Kylo and all that sort of thing. Here's the really interesting thing if that happens do you think that maybe we might be in for a CG, like aged down Tron Legacy style, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's it's interesting be because because yeah. he would be older than, I uh, older than Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. but younger than obviously The Force Awakens. So it's not. I maybe they don't even have to use CG. Maybe they could just do it with makeup because he can still be old. He can still have a beard, but right. maybe like because right. now he's got the gray the the almost fully gray beard maybe you give him like the 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 
blonde hair and uh, and and blonde beard, and uh, and he's a a younger version of Luke Skywalker, um, but still older than Return of the Jedi. I I don't know. Like that that that's intriguing. That is just occurring to me, which is why I'm discussing it. <laughs> it's like we're <laughs> yeah. done talking about the sequel trilogy right now. But but um, yeah, I would love to see. I would love to see adult Ezra because Ezra is the same age as, as Luke and Leia. So uh, if we're talking about like 10 years post Return of the Jedi, um, yeah, I mean, it. how crazy would it be for Ezra to be a character in whatever's coming next and that series takes place post Return of the Jedi? Right. Because right? I can yeah. see, I can see a show that is Luke Skywalker, Ezra Bridger, Rowan Freemaker and maybe a couple <laughs> of other Jedi like even even this is such a stretch I know that I'm probably going to get flack for this it's such a stretch but even bringing Jack back right the 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 oh yeah the clone trooper right and including him I don't know if I would include him as like a full-blown Jedi Knight type character but um, but having him be kind of like the Bendu, have him be like a, this mentor character that's just kind of around and is one because you get because you get D. Bradley Baker. He comes in, he does the voice, mm-hmm. right? And he's the he's a clone trooper, and yet he's also he also has the force, and he has this bionic force force imbued arm and all that sort of stuff. Like, like I don't know, I don't know, man. Well, it's just funny that like if if they do are on track to release this whole last season before let's just say the before the last Jedi comes yep. out. Why do that? I mean, why do you need to rush it like that? They've yeah. never done that before. They've always taken breaks and then come back in the uh, you know in the early, you know, January, February, whatever it is, yeah. um, and finish up in March and April like we did last year. Why why do you need to rush it this two a week thing? What uh, is going on? You know, you know like, what? Is I that think, coincidence? I think I just it? figured it out. I think I just figured out the true identity of Snoke. Ezra Bridger is Snoke. You heard it here first. <laughs> I know. I, I think I, we've heard those before, but a lot of people just like, like <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's one of the joke. it's one of the more ridiculous fan theories out there that right. Ezra Bridger could possibly be Snoke. Because yeah, at some point in the in the thirty plus years between Star Wars Rebels and The Force Awakens. Uh, he gets horribly disfigured. Um, he turns into an alien species, and he gets an accent. Huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, all of that happens. He is an alien. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Because uh, Pablo confirmed he is not a human. It's right, in the did. Force Awakens novelization. He is not human. Snoke is not human. So let's just. Everybody stop saying that Mace Windu is Snoke and that Ezra Bridger is Snoke and that Kanan is Snoke and that Sabine is Snoke and that Hera is Snoke and that Rowan Freemaker is Snoke and that (laughs) Luke Skywalker is actually Snoke in disguise. Uh, You know, like just just you know what? Your Snoke theory sucks. There's a reason why that's a phrase. That's there's a reason why that's a there's a. Um, uh, Steel Wars coined that. Uh, uh, if you, it's the Steel Wars podcast, um, and you can you can get an awesome. I think he's got it on like T-shirts and and stickers and stuff, and it's the old like Kenner font. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, 
I, it's, it's one of the greatest things to come out of the force awakens. Um, yeah, your Snoke theory sucks. I, <laughs> I newsflash everybody. Snoke is Snoke. Yeah. That's Snoke. who he is. He's Snoke. Yeah. He's just, he's always been Snoke. He'll always be Snoke. Yeah. Um, Interesting. but yeah, so yeah, that's what's going on in, in as far as Rebels Land. Um, yeah, we're Lots getting ready. October sixteenth. It's going to be. Uh, I believe, like I said, I believe it's a Monday. Um, and it, it is repeats. a Monday. Yeah, the, the interesting the thing about the air times is that um, it'll be airing first at at nine. Is it nine thirty? No, nine p.m. Sorry, no. Midnight, twelve thirty, twelve thirty a.m. Eastern right. time. And the interesting thing about that is that that is nine thirty p.m. Pacific time, right? On Sunday. Exactly. So does yeah. that mean that we're going to be able to catch episodes of Star Wars Rebels on the West Coast at nine thirty p.m. on Sunday nights? I hope so. That's like that seems to me like like what the situation is um yeah i think that's it yeah it's it it's it's very very interesting um that we could be watching it potentially on the west coast the day before yeah so a new episode this is from tracy Kenobio's twitter new episodes will air on mondays at 12:30 a.m., 3 a.m., 7:30 a.m., 5:30 p.m. and 9 p.m. And I imagine that that's twelve thirty and then one, so nine thirty and then ten. Right, ten um, Pacific yeah. time. Uh, yeah. I, this is not the one because at one, these just say PM, or AM PM. I, 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 there's one. I believe that there's a tweet that that specifically says that that's Eastern. Um. Yeah, and what Tracy says is to clarify, Star Wars Rebels season four premieres will air multiple times on Mondays, including nine p.m., which is when I'm guessing most will watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, like I, I I'm inclined to agree with that, but I think that the majority of people are actually going to PVR it, and they'll probably watch it the next day earlier than right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very interesting thing, and I think that this is a Disney XD decision, and Disney XD is a weird network that makes weird decisions about when it airs its shows um yeah and they won't be on the app until after the episodes will also be on the app after midnight oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so are not after but same time so mm-hmm. so no more of the it's on the app first and then it airs on tv that's um, what was nice about last year is i was able to watch it on the yeah. app earlier um than it came out on broadcast so that was kind of nice um, they would come out that morning or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, yeah. but it was it was definitely before. So I always catch it on the app as well. So yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's we we'll got. see. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. So okay. other than that, I think uh, you ready to get in some free makers? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Turn the tide of this war. The arrowhead. I can build it. 
Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures. Sorry, I couldn't reach the brakes. Alrighty then. This is it, Mike. This is our finale. Like I said earlier, man, I, I just love this episode. So many great things, how it ties in. Um, like it's just like this alternate view of Return of the Jedi. And that's what I loved about this so much. This thing starts off Return of the Return of the Jedi. So we start off, Mike, the, the finale picks up right after uh, on Chantipal, right after the last episode. Uh, you know, there's debris all around. The arrowhead is blown up. The star yep. scavengers in pieces. Uh, the, the MOC has the Kyber crystal. He's taken off and his little jetpack thing. You guys talked about it last week. And then uh, Roger goes on this little C-3PO thing and he goes, hey, the odds of things getting worse are 7,826 to 1. So, uh, so he does his little C-3PO thing there. Yeah. Um, and then for Rowan, he force builds this new ship. And I love the quote. Um, he As he's doing this thing, he has this quote where he says, don't picture the pieces you're using to build picture what you're building this goes into his this new force ability that is new to me um as far as this lego thing this force builder thing and we've learned a lot about this force builder uh power and force builders in the jedi throughout this whole season of freemakers so it's a really cool quote from him and this this episode man there's a few jokes in here and there but it was strictly i mean it was it was a serious uh, ending to this uh, often funny series, Mike, um, and and they end up leaving the uh, uh, the planet here. And even Corey is amazed at what uh, Rowan is is building. And and one last thing, Roger wants a bigger charging station in this particular ship, which he gets. So, uh, Mike, what did you think of the the beginning of this thing? Yeah, I I mean I I thought I thought it was great. I this was sort of like like we got to get the action moving again. But right, I yeah. like to think of these last few episodes as sort of all one one yeah, piece. yeah it almost true. makes a yeah. little mini movie the last four episodes mm-hmm. um not mini movie i mean that would just be basically a movie um yeah. but yeah i yeah i love it and i love the new ship that they build i love it coming together and say into i love i love roger's thing of like make sure that the the extra room in the charging <laughs> bay or whatever hey, and then it. and then he gets on the ship and he's like there's extra room in the charging yeah. it's it's, it's so good off. Yeah. Um, Roger really standout character for me this season. I... Him, him too. Yeah, like you know me. I this whole season's been like Xander. Uh, Xander um, has yeah. been my my go to for this season. I mean, he, he took over the mantle for Grabala last season. I think Xander has just been phenomenal this season. Everything he does, uh, it's just funny. The actor uh, Eugene Bird, fantastic. Uh, I can't say enough about that character, and and he's kind of for me this season. He's been the standout star. Even though you know you got Rowan doing his thing and it's it's incredible also, but just as far as comedy and the, and the comedic effect, it's been uh, it's been Xander for me. So uh, we get uh, we we so we get back to the Emperor. He's in the throne room, and this is where like obviously you start getting the parallels um, or the side story with actual Return of the Jedi, Mike. And this is like I said, this is what I love about it, this 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 alternate story that's going on. Uh, I almost felt like putting on Return of the Jedi in this last scene, this last like third of the movie, and watch it side by side with with the Lego, uh, with C- the Freemakers cut them here. together into one. You know movie? what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, because it cuts back and forth. You know, the funny gag with the Emperor and he's spinning around in his chair, and you get the squeaky throne, and uh, yeah. they kind of oil it up for him. So the MOC arrives. 
the emperor has no time for him now. He's just like, hey, I got I got Luke coming. You know, Luke is coming with Vader, uh, and so he's like, do whatever you got to do. Just and and the, this this crazy story of the MOC is guarding the the uh, reactor core um, before. Yeah. It's, it's just like this is crazy. I love this story, Mike. So. Um, so we get this part here, the main reactor, like I said, he uses the crystal to create a force field around the reactor. And then um, the kind of scene kind of ends with Luke and entering with Vader. And we'll get more on that, obviously, later. But uh, this particular scene with the Emperor Mike, uh, like I said, this thing is paralleling Return on Jug, which I, which I love so much. Any uh, Anything that stand out to you in this particular section with the Emperor? I really love how it, it ends and goes right into the the scene in return of the jedi to the point where it actually recreates a moment right yeah exactly like there's actual dialogue from return of the jedi and and so it's just it is so tied into it and i think like this is a good time to mention that last week's episode um we actually got a little bit of a of a tidbit based on um comment that i made about last week's episode Oh, not yeah, to yeah, yeah. not to brag too much, but uh, I <laughs> I, cool. I pitched my joke of of uh, I I you know uh, Grabala bringing up the blue sands of Tatooine and uh, and and Vader uh, getting a little bit disgruntled uh, due to his distaste for sand, um, and uh, and and Bob Roth, one of the one of the creators of uh, of the Freemaker Adventures, uh, tweeted a that he wishes that they had come up with that joke and uh, still haven't found out if, if I, if he was seriously offering me a job or not, uh, Bob, you know, you know where to contact me <laughs> uh, if you need to, um, cause I'm totally down. I, uh, but I, uh, I, you know, if, if there's a season three, let's hope that there's a season three and, and, uh, and I'll, I'll be happy to, you guys can send me the scripts and I'll punch them up for you or however you want that to work. I'm not too picky. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I ask nice. is that Matt can come along and be my unpaid yes. personal assistant. Wait, um, did you just say unpaid? Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. If yeah. I could be in there, like I said, I'll, I'll sharpen pencils. I don't care. As long as I get to be in I'm there. I'm trying to value add on this on this proposition <laughs> because like you're getting two for the price of one. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. so yeah, it's. I'm uh, good with that. Yeah. I'm good. Um, <laughs> but I I I, I I launching off of off of him commenting on that that remark that I made. Uh, he then outlined a scene, an additional scene that yeah. was cut. Um, that that I, I don't know if it was just in the script or whatever, is cut for production budget reasons or or time or what have you. But uh, an additional scene that they had worked out where Grabala calls Jabba, and it is like it's during the moment where Luke is on the plank on the skiff over mm-hmm. the Sarlacc pit, and Jabba is like, "I'm a little busy." Right, like, and and then Grabala's <laughs> upset that that like uh, I I that Jabba's having a party and that he wasn't invited. He was invited, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I thought like that was awesome. fantastic. It was yeah. a great little peek into uh, into the into the production of the show and a scene that we almost got. So um, my accidental journalism on that one. But yeah. uh, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. I take another moment to thank everybody who's part of the, the, the production team on Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures that listens to the podcast. 
Um, you guys yeah. don't have to do that. And uh, the fact that you do uh, and that you even like you look forward to it. Uh, it's so weird. Um, but it's so welcome and we love it. And, uh, and, and then, and then you interact with us and we can talk about star Wars yeah. with the people and who you are get actually free making like it. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it is so awesome. awesome. And, uh, one of the reasons why Freemaker adventures this season is, is one of my favorite, like it is, I said it earlier in the season, season two of Lego star Wars Freemaker adventures to me, for me, my personal experience is better than season three of Star Wars Rebels. I am at, I had way more fun watching Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures this year than I did watching Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars mm. Rebels was a bit of a slog at times. There were a few episodes that I did not enjoy that I think were a little bit... Um, there were a couple that were, that were not good and there were a couple that felt a little bit phoned in and there's a couple of story beats that were a little bit too predictable and a little bit too, like just kind of paint by numbers. And the fan service is, is, is a little bit annoying to me, um, of, you know, like, like Sabine's story and stuff like that. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's a little bit, it, it, it has been a little bit, um, disappointing in this in this past season going into season four i'm very excited because i think that oh yeah that yeah. we're gonna finish things off and it's gonna be great but but yeah season two of freemaker adventures start to finish perfect like yeah, nothing to, to change yeah. like like yeah. so so good um that yeah like i can't complain i there's i don't have a moment I have moments where I'm like, oh, I, they, they, I wish they would have done this Star Wars reference or joke, but I'm never like that episode was boring and I'm never no. watching it again. Right? It's very consistent. Yeah. yeah. They're always, always right, right on point. Each episode brings something new, um, especially th- like I said, this, this season, um, like they toned down a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit on coming, just focus yeah. more on this and the story and f- finishing out Rowan's uh, quests on this on uh, on his journey here so um it continues actually uh after a little trouble uh the new framemaker ship makes it out of the atmosphere and Corey uh suggests going to Celest, uh where the rebels are massing you know we've heard that term before the rebels are massing at Celest, mm-hmm. and of course they are gone because when they arrive uh they're already in the uh, attack on endor and uh, the framemakers realize after communicating with lieutenant valeria that the surprise attack is really on the rebel. So they had figured that out. Rowan kind of figures that out, Mike, that uh, it's like a double secret attack thing going on here. They think they're being secret, but uh, like we all know, you know, the empire, the emperor has his little plan and, and they figure it out. And Rowan figures the only way to truly help is to, to have the Kyber saber, which actually Rowan, he feels it as they're floating over uh, Solace there, I believe, I believe it's still Solace, right? And he mm-hmm. feels that kyber saber down in the lava. So yeah, uh, he's going to go back down there and and retrieve the kyber saber, put it back together. He stands over the like he stands over this lava, you know, flow or pond or whatever, and uh, you get this almost modified. I want to say it's like a modified force theme that's playing as he assembles the saber. And I just love here's the here's the parts that really get me. Like you have this great this scene that's really like really powerful with the music and everything going on. And you see Rowan doing his thing with the Kyber saber. And then they break that kind of, they break that seriousness with, uh, Rowan tries to grab it and he burns his hand. 
you know, yeah. just, you know, just out of the blue, it's kind of funny. And the music stops and it's, it's this great, com- you know, it's great comedic effect. And they do that so well in this episode, Mike. What do you think? Totally. Yeah. Uh, and then Roger's right there and he's like, oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I got it. Metal hands. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So um, just uh, this is this kind of stuff that gets you, you know, it's it gets so serious. All of a sudden they break that tension or they break that seriousness with a, a funny joke or a funny line or a funny yeah. uh, action moment there. So um, so they get into hyperspace and they get to Endor and they come out right in the middle of the battle of Endor, and it's almost like I, I hopefully they'll they'll answer us, uh, the the executive producers, uh, and I just wonder if they're watching and and they animated this battle because it seems like it's almost beat for beat with mm-hmm. if you're watching Return of the Jedi, you know what I mean? You see all the frigates out there and the, and the spaceships and all that, and I I. I think three or four times I rewound it and tried to do slow motion just to see if I could pick out the Falcon flying through there at one point. I didn't see it, but you see plenty of other ships. So yeah. I just wonder if they do that, if they if they kind of modeled and they watched Return of the Jedi as they animated the show. So um, uh, right in the middle of the Battle of Endor, and uh, you know, like I said, you see all these frigates, these transports, these fighters, the Death Star destroying the medical frigate. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- like I said, this alternate view of uh, what we've seen in Return of the Jedi. Did you notice that, Mike? You, you got you picked up on that, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I loved the moment when when the Death Star in the background just fires. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. like, oh, the Death Star just blew something up. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> that was so cool. And especially because, like, it's, it's so far in the background. Right. You can't actually see the 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 laser. Like, you can't – you can see it, but, like, you can't see the detail on it. Mm-hmm. But you can see just enough to see that they made the laser out of Lego bricks. Oh, okay, yeah. Like yeah. that that you can see that the Lego like that that the laser is is comprised of bricks coming together. Um and uh, the great thing about that is that if you get the Lego Death Star, it has the laser and mm-hmm. the laser is made out of bricks, right? And okay. like and yeah. so they they like recreated that aspect. And um, I just I feel like season two took a lot of what the Lego movie did and and kind of brought mm-hmm. some of that into it. Because I don't I I mentioned at the beginning of the season, I feel like the mouth movements are a little bit more like stop motion Lego movie inspired this season than they were last season. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just didn't notice it last season because I wasn't I just it just never clicked. But right. this season, as the um I feel like as, as the 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 effects and the models and everything got just like that little tiny bit, not tiny bit. I think it was a pretty substantial amount. But as they got better, um, as the as the fidelity got higher on on those character models as well as like the bricks and everything, I feel like they they're they're throwing in a little bit more of the Lego rules, right? Um, and that it's it is starting to look a little bit more like mm. the Lego movie and a little bit less like the old Lego animated stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of this, this great middle ground. Um, I would love it if the show just looked like the Lego movie, but the, I don't think that they have the time or the, the, the budget for that sort of production value. Um, that's just kind of the, it's the difference between having to put out uh, 13, 22 minute episodes as opposed to one 90 minute movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Because, like I said, the last four episodes of this season, four times 22 is 88. That's 90 minutes. That's a movie. That's a theatrical <laughs> yeah. kids film, right? Like, um, And that's only the last four of a 13-episode season. So they're yeah. doing way more work than than a film is doing in less time and because uh, they have a year to do it, to turn it around. Um, which makes me think like if there is a season three, they're probably already working on it. Um, so I guess I, if, if, if I get a writing job, it'll be on season four. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to let that go by the way. It's going to be, just keep throwing it out there. I'm just going to keep throwing it out there. (laughs) I, I, but, um, um, yeah, I just, those little attention to detail moments I think are just so fantastic. They're just so great. Yeah. I just, like I said, I just love how it, multiple times in this in this episode it drops us right into this alternate view of return of the jedi so uh rowan shows off his new ember steel blade and uh powers it with his kyber saber so here's a question i have they as they as they light it up and everything they start heading towards the uh death star and they bounce off the shield once and then um they're kind of able to crash land i guess onto you know on onto the uh death star into the landing bay or whatever and I was thinking, okay, maybe that's because the shield generator was blown on Endor, but then it actually doesn't happen till later. So I'm, I was kind of confused on how they got through that uh, shield. I, yeah. I, well, did I miss something? Or no, I think that it just would have happened off screen. I mean, like I know that the 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 Star Scavenger slash Arrowhead got through with the Ember Steel Blade, right? But the other ships couldn't get through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I think that eventually, like what happens in the movie happens. It just happened off screen. We just never really saw it because at some point, yeah. the ships make it into the into the reactor core, right? So, yeah. Well, the Lieutenant Valeria says that just in just a little bit. She talks about the shield being down. So yeah, I don't know if the timing was off, but um, Rowan. So they land on this inside the uh, landing platform. Rowan takes on some stormtroopers with his new with his with his blade, uh, and he gets stunned when a stormtrooper. Actually, this is so funny because the stormtrooper quote says, "I actually hit what I was aiming for." Yes, so, you know that was great. Uh, just that continued um, joke about the stormtroopers and how they shoot, and he was actually actually hit, and he was so happy and so proud of himself for hitting something that he was actually aiming for. So I love that. Uh, Free makers are caught, uh, and uh, this is where they're in, they're in the detention center, and they're rescued. And this is another great scene. Rescued by none other than uh, Rosander's favorite, Becky Smoochenbacher. Yeah. And inside the detention center, she takes off the helmet. I love how they take it off the helmet, and it kind of goes this gold, and she kind of does this slow motion shake of her hair, and it falls down. And Xander's just, so he does that, and he kind of falls over, and he faints. And uh, it's a great scene. So, um, oh, and she says, uh, he asks, like, I think he asked who she was, and she says, uh, somebody who loves you. Oh. Yeah cool callback uh so yeah like i said that that golden blonde hair is as kind of shaking in the wind i love that moment um so we got from so we go from there to kind of the meat of the story here rowan has to stop the moc at the reactor core mike and his family wants to help but this is kind of one of those luke type moments uh where Rowan just he has to do this alone and uh so he force pushes his family into the elevator and they go up so uh, did you get that kind of sense like this is kind of like his his Luke moment where 
where Obi-Wan dies and like Luke has to kind of do it on his own now. It's up to him to take the mantle and kind of run with it. This is this is this is Rowan's chance to um, kind of do something for the rebellion because we it makes you think that he's going to he's going to perish in there. So what do you any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I do think so. I think they they and I think that MOC ends up taking advantage of this later on in the episode. I think that Rowan knows that that like as much as um, his family is one of his strengths, that they're also his greatest weakness. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so I think he's his his attitude is kind of like I have to face MOC and I have to face him alone. Yeah. Uh, Not because you know, like it's his job to do, but because he can't risk his family getting hurt. Right. Um, because this is it. Like, I think that that's his attitude is like, this is the end of it. This right. is like, we're, we're down to the last, the last, um, encounter right. on this one. It's gonna, it's, it's either MOC or it's Rowan and he can't take his family into that. Right. Yeah. That was, that was so, the sense that I got. Yeah, I know. I think I, yeah, I was on the same page too. It's it a really cool scene. So Rowan faces off with the MOC at the reactor core. Yeah. So you got the Kyber saber versus the, uh, I guess the Kyber crystal uh, in the hands of the MOC. Yeah. So uh, battling back and forth in there, and it cuts to uh, stormtroopers. Uh, they're chasing Cordy, Xander, and Roger, uh, and they get past this chasm. And uh, stormtrooper, being honest tells uh, Cordy that he's going to blast her if she, you know, don't touch that or I'm going to blast you. Yeah. And uh, she takes advantage of that and they fall down. It's like, what are you doing? You never tell them what you really want to do. So a funny scene to break up all the tension there with uh, with the stormtroopers again. So that was a funny uh, funny little scene there. Um, and then Rowan starts to take back his crystal from the MLC when he is distracted, and here's what you talked about, Mike. Yeah. Distracted by a hologram of Cordy and Xander, and the MOC gets the upper hand, and um, you know he, he mentions you know the one thing that your your issue is is your I think he says his focus, right? Um, yeah. And he's able to break that focus with his family there, and that's one of the reasons also why I think he wanted his family to be gone. It's like. Now I can focus, and he was. He was focusing. He was. He was dialed in. He was in tune with the Kyber saber. Everything was fine. And right when you get that picture of his family, boom! There goes his focus. MOC yeah. takes his advantage. And again, here's where I love this thing. Just as the MOC is ready to pounce, he's ready to stomp him, get him out. You see? What do you see? The Emperor falling down yeah. because that's when Vader threw him down the reactor shaft. I mean, I just at that point I just lost it. I go, I can't believe this is my favorite episode ever, right it, here. It it <laughs> it's so funny because it is so like the the um, uh, robot chicken sketch. Yeah, because right? yeah. I think it's like robot chicken Star Wars three, yeah. where it the whole thing takes place as like as the emperor flashing back while he falls down the 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 tube. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought yeah, it was yeah. so great yeah. that it was kind of connected yeah. to that a little bit in yeah. in the sense of humor. But yeah, and he's got like the lightnings coming out of his hands it's and still everything. Coming out like, and ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you actually see um, like the same blue explosion, you know, whatever the emperor is yeah. finally exploded or whatever that kind of happens in the background. Uh, the MOC is distracted because that's his boy right there, you know. So he gets distracted. Rowan takes the advantage and destroys. 
the MOC uh, for good this time, it seems like. So, uh, yeah. like I said, another another alternate view, a take of what was happening uh, on the Death Star while Vader and Luke were doing their thing in the Emperor, and then you have this sub thing here that was going on with Rowan. I just love that. So as Rowan contemplates his fate, you know, he's kind of sitting there like, okay, I did it, you know, and now it's like, now he's just waiting to die now. Um, Xander and Cordy arrive, pick him up, and flee as another great moment, we see the events of Return of the Jedi unfold as we get, what, Lando, Wedge, and, and the rest of them, and the Falcon yeah. arrive and take out the main reactor. So, again, love seeing that. And, uh, like, the, the it's like these the opposites. You know, we saw in the Return of the Jedi, we saw Lando going through, get, trying to escape um, with the ties and everything following him, and they get swallowed up, and he ends up making it out. Uh, well, what was happening on the other side of the uh, the Death Star? Well, Xander and Cordy and Roman were taken off on the other side mm -hmm. uh, and escaped a little bit earlier. So I thought that yeah. was cool. And uh, Mike, we come to the final portion of this season here, the uh, victory celebration uh, on Endor. And I got to tell you, uh, I don't know that I've, at least in this series, um, this is the first time where I actually got chills uh, hearing that victory music, there's just something about yeah. that victory music. Uh, it just gave me chills, and to see this, um, what was happening on on Endor with you got to have the victory celebration with Luke and Lando and all them and Han, but then you have you have Rowan over here, and and Roger's asking, uh, you know, is, he kind of intercut it with Roger, and it's kind of funny seeing he's yeah he's asking R two and three PO like, what'd you guys do? What, what was your part in this? You know, uh, of course we know what 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 R2 and 3PO did for this whole series. But uh, I think the quote of the, the quote here, Mike, and this is what I took out of it was Rowan asks, where do we go from here? And that's exactly what I was thinking at the end of this episode. I go, where do we go from here? Because yeah. one, there's one point where you can go like, if, if this is it, if this is the last episode of the Freemakers, a really cool way to end it with him meeting up with Luke and Luke and him going, hey, Luke, check this out. And he looks like, whoa, a force builder, you know, and, and then that's kind of fades to up to the sky. If it ends that way, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's great. It's a cool ending. But it's also kind of setting up, like you said earlier, it, it could set up something else. Yeah. Either way, I'm, I'm good to go. Like if this is the end, this is the last one. Fantastic way to go out. If not, it really sets it up. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on this, this ending here? Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of commented on it earlier. I, I feel like this could either be setting up season three of, of Freemaker Adventures or it could be setting up something else entirely. And, um, uh, you know, I sound like a broken record. I, I don't know why more Star Wars fans aren't watching this, um, especially the Star Wars show this season has has been um, big on promoting Freemaker yeah. Adventures. Um, Dana Snyder just, was, yes, on, I was on. Yeah. Uh, he's been in a few episodes because they've kind of been using clips of him and stuff. Like he did a great uh, uh, reading of a scene from episode two, which I won't spoil. You guys got to go watch the Star Wars show because it's so good. All Dana right. Snyder, the voice of Grabala the Hutt. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and and I just don't understand why more people aren't watching it. It is so good. It's it's not just funny. It's not just. Um, family friendly, but it's also just like really, really good Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I really want to see these characters 
in another in another uh, medium, like another another type of Star Wars storytelling. So <laughs> I I am gonna hold out hope that that Rowan Freemaker is going to show up somewhere else, whether it's the comics or an animated series or yeah, like in my wildest dreams in live action, right? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> and I uh, and and. Lieutenant Valeria and uh, and and even characters like Bash and Ram or Grabala, like um, they will be different than how they are represented in Lego Star Wars because Lego Star Wars is the heightened, campy, um, silly version of the Star Wars galaxy. But but versions of those characters, nonetheless. Like I would love to see that. Um, mm-hmm. and I hope that that's where we're going. I mean, I hope that we're getting another season of Lego star Wars, the Freemaker adventures. I would also be down for Lego star Wars, something else, um, yeah. from the same mm-hmm. team. I, and, uh, you know, like Lego star Wars, clone wars or Lego star Wars, the old Republic or something like that. Uh, exploring a different era with the same, the same, uh, crew, the same, the same production team, bringing that same sense of humor and fun to uh to a to a different set because i do think i do think that they the story that they told with rowan ends on such a great note that it's almost Mm -hmm. like i want to see those characters stories continue but i want to see them continue somewhere else and i would like to see um i like that as an ending at the same time like i'm i'm just so torn because i love the show and i want to see more but but I also feel like it was just such a great ending for for Rowan. Um, yeah. But that ending could is also a beginning. So yeah. Yeah. you know, like like I, it, it means so many different things, and it can go in so many different directions. I just hope that the story group is not discounting the story that was told throughout the Freemaker Adventures, and that at some point, you know, we can get some of this stuff filtering into other things another thing that i would love to see we've got a supplement coming out for the the fantasy flight role-playing game um that is focused on star wars rebels era i Mm. would love to see a a star wars role-playing game like a fantasy flight uh edge of the empire or age of rebellion um expansion that includes force builders or uh, the the kyber saber or whatever, and starts to bring that those elements, because and Pablo Hidalgo will agree with me. the The West End Games Star Wars source books were one of the best sources of Star mm. Wars lore back in the day, um, and uh, as was the Decipher Star Wars customizable card game. The CCG was like. That's where I I learned Dak's backstory and name and you know like Wedge Antilles and so many of of the side characters and background characters in Star Wars, uh, are fleshed out in things like that, and I and and the 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 Fantasy Flight stuff, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny, have all. Um, included things from other eras like you you can get the 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 vcx 100 is it the vcx 100 which is the the model that the ghost is um i think it's the 100 i 
you can like there are stats for it in in um this one of the source books and i uh, and and this new one will hopefully have stats specifically for the ghost and so what you'll be able to do if you have both books is you'll be able to look at one just the standard stock model and look at the ghost and then actually see what the what the modifications are on the ghost right cuz you can look at a yt1300 and then you can look at the stats for the millennium falcon and you can see like well a standard yt1300 doesn't have concussion missile launchers but the Millennium Falcon does, and yeah. a standard uh, uh, stock freighter like that doesn't have quad laser cannons on it, right? And it certainly doesn't have the the um, the hidden cargo areas and the the souped up hyperdrive and whatever. And you you can compare those stats, and by doing so, you can learn about Star Wars. You can learn about the about the universe that it exists in. So I would love to see a source book that includes some of that Freemaker adventures content mm-hmm. like um the arrowhead would be an incredible ship to include uh the the star scavenger um getting a model number for the star scavenger would be really cool um man i if you if you did like a a, a guide to building uglies <laughs> that'd be so great um it, it would be such a great thing like to okay you take these two two ships and you take their stats and you randomly roll and you you put together a ship that that's an x-wing and a tie fighter put together right um that that would be so cool to be able to do in in the role-playing game um so yeah i I think like there's there are so many options for them to take the storytelling that they've done with freemaker adventures and expand on it and and add it into the official star Wars canon in some way. Um, and I hope that they do. I hope that it's, like I said, this is a job for the story group, not necessarily for the creators of Freemaker adventures. Um, and it would be excellent. It would be so cool if we got some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's just, that is my personal request to any story group members who may uh, happen across this or uh, anybody, really anybody at Lucasfilm that 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 uh, cares what we think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just to sum up, like I said, I just I had a great time. Um, like you said, like I, I just don't understand why there's not more people talking about this. Yeah. I mean, I tweeted out like, are Star Wars people listening to some of the stuff we're getting from Bob Roth and and, and Bill Motz? It's like this is great insight into this show. Um, yeah, okay, it's not canon. I get it. But it's still fun. It's still got a, a bunch of this this great story. I mean, we're getting new stuff with this force builder uh, thing with 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 Rowan. Um, the voice cast. I mean, come on. You got like I said, I've talked about Eugene Bird all season. Um, you got uh, Trevor Duvall as the Emperor. I love him. Um, you got uh, and and the kid Nicholas Cantu. That kid is killing it. This guy. This kid is talented to be able to. Do some of the stuff he I think this kid's only like 12 years old or something and, and he's just killing it on this show I, I just love the, what he's able to do with his character um, and then of course all the people behind it Bill Motts Bob Roth you know Carrie Beck Leland Chi all the rest of the group there uh, they should be really proud of of what they did yeah uh, with this with both with both seasons um, and this show I just it's just so fun and uh I just had a great time, like I said, and like I said, first time that this show has, has, especially this ending here, man, it was a great ending, and um, 
I'm just happy for those guys continued success and we'll see what happens with uh we'll just kind of lay back and wait and while we're doing rebels we'll see what happens if they come up with another season or where we go with that so yeah um yeah good stuff man good stuff anything else before we wrap it up no, you know, I think, I mean, like, like we, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on, but, um, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a break. Um, yeah. now that we're done Freemaker adventures, we've got a few weeks before, um, uh, Star Wars Rebels comes back in that interim. I will be transitioning the Rebels podcast over to rebelcells.com. Um, don't worry if you're following us on Facebook or Twitter that none of that's not going to change or sorry, it's not, it's not going to change. You're good to go. You're all set. Those, those feeds are, or those, those social media accounts are going to change over. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and change them over. So, um, they will become the new, the new, uh, uh, at rebels, rebel cells and at, um, or and facebook.com slash I think it's rebel cells podcast. I don't know. I, I, I will have, um, official stuff going up, but if you're already following them, you're already good. So yeah. uh, rebels podcast is currently the way to find everything. But in the, in the meantime, I'm going to take the time. I'm going to finish up what I need to do over at RebelCells.com. If you go there right now, you'll see that all of the, the front lines episodes are over there. Um, but, um, I need to get all of the, uh, all of the rebels content on there and then i need to organize it and get get feeds going from that url into itunes so there's a little bit of work to do um just to pull back the curtain for you guys a little bit um so that you understand why the work has stalled uh as i <laughs> i i director krennic would say um but i i work is ridiculous for me this month so um yeah it's it, that's the thing is that i just have not had i've been working late nights and stuff like that so i just haven't had the extra free time between that and uh uh the the uh the ewok sized uh terror in my house um, <laughs> yeah that i mentioned earlier i i you know we look I need more Star Wars blips. That's what I, this is what I'm saying. We need more Star Wars blips. More blips. I need at least a solid eight hours of Star Wars blips, <laughs> just so that I can run it. Uh, you get and, something that's done. Yeah. yeah, so that I can get some stuff done. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Rebels season four. I'm so thankful that we've got Freemaker Adventures to talk about over the summer, uh, so that you know we can we can get together and. Um, yeah. we're in for an interesting, an interesting 2018, I think, especially if rebels finishes that quickly, cause I yeah. don't think that the new series is coming as fast. Um, but, uh, which is one of the weird things. It's like, why wouldn't you, why yeah. wouldn't you want to, you know, space that out to, to get us a little bit closer to, I. Uh, the premiere of the new whatever the new series is but right. that's fine it's coming we know it's coming everything everything's things going to be all right but we're going to have a bit of a we're going to have a bit of a dead zone there where i don't yeah. know what we're going to podcast about i well, think we might I, have to go I, back I'm and just, i'm still hoping we're going to get something by the fall of next year yeah. i'm going to i'm going to hold out hope for that and okay. we'll see what happens you know i know it, i know that's like that's a tough one to do uh, these things take time and all that but um but we'll see we'll see you know you never know it could be uh, working yeah. on it right now and just 
and it kind of surprised us. So we'll see what well, happens. Well, you know, they could have started it like last year, in which case, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. maybe they're almost ready to go. You know, maybe we're going to get a trailer uh, in January. So <laughs> That'd be crazy, yeah. Who knows? Um, I, well, I know who knows. It's Dave Filoni. Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> probably has a pretty good idea. Oh, I yeah. think, um, yeah. Uh, story uh, Joel, group knows. Joel Aaron probably knows. Yeah, the story group definitely knows. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Uh, I think that there are some secrets in that Lucasfilm headquarters that I... I Kyle yeah. Newman needs to write another movie uh, about breaking in to find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Um, to be a fly on that wall. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's so interesting because even amidst all of the chaos that is the, the sort of executive level, right? The above the line stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars continues. Star Wars plugs on and is as good, if not better than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, there's, uh, like I said earlier, what is there to complain about? Yeah. If you're complaining about star Wars right now, you need to reassess. Like, like you need to, uh, go find a therapist, sit down <laughs> and talk to them about why you don't enjoy fun things and you can't be happy. Like, what is it in your life that's stopping you from being able to just sit back and enjoy Star Wars, yeah. even when it's not that great. It's still fun. It's still, still fun. It's still better than sitting and doing nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, right. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, that is it for us this week. That is it for us for the season two of uh, Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures uh, coverage. And uh, and thank you to everybody who's been listening along. Thank you to everybody who supports us over on Patreon. Um, you guys are the best. Yes. And yeah. thank you again to the uh, the people over at Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures who have been uh, champions and supporting us this mm-hmm. season as we go through and uh, and cover this season. And if you if you are hard up for some Star Wars content before we come back for Rebels season four. Uh, do me a favor. You can go over and you can listen to... There are three podcasts I'm going to recommend. Star Wars The Saga Continues, which is on the Thunderquack Network, of course. Uh, StarWarsTSC.com. You can go and check out Star Scavengers, which is Jonah Marie and Aaron Goins' podcast about LEGO Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. They mm-hmm. are in the midst of their Season 2 coverage, so there's still lots of content over there to enjoy. Um, and, uh, it's always great to get things from another point of view. Oh yeah. Um, sure. and, uh, and go check out the Wampas Lair with Jason and Carl, because the Wampas Lair is one of my favorite star Wars podcasts. Um, so go check those out. And if, 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 uh, if you really feel like it, you can go back and you can listen to old episodes of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast or the Rebels podcast. If you're really that hard up and you want to hear our voices. Um, (laughs) But uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a bit of a hiatus. And we hope that you guys are patient with us in the meantime. Don't don't nobody go nowhere. Keep your hands off that dial. We'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel. All that sort of stuff in just a few weeks. Um, and you know what? We'll probably we might come back a week early because it's really just September that's rough for me. So yeah. once once we hit October, I think I think maybe we'll come back and we can we can talk 
what we expect to see in season four in a little bit more depth. But um, until then, mm-hmm. thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelspodcast.com. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And Matt is at the crankster. That is crankster with a K. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. Like I mentioned, Star Wars The Saga continues. Uh, And, of course, if you want to support us, you can do that two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. I've been so busy, I still haven't pulled down the Rebels podcast merch. But eventually, it will become Rebel Cells merch. So... If you want that Rebels podcast logo, if you want to be one of the cool kids of the next Star Wars celebration that was like, oh, yeah, you started listening to to Rebel Cells uh, in season four of Star Wars Rebels. Well, guess what? I was there from the beginning uh, with your Rebels podcast T-shirt, vintage and uh, and cooler than everybody else. You'll have so much Star Wars hipster cred. Uh, It's the it's the 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 T-shirt for the podcast that nobody's ever heard of that got rebranded as a different podcast that nobody's ever heard of because if you search star wars podcasts in the app store you basically just get rebel force radio 10 times um right because they're the they're they're the star wars podcast so i (laughs) that's not like a dig at them or anything like that i don't know if that came off as uh, uh, petty or anything I didn't mean it to uh, yeah. it's just like I don't need to explain you guys know Rebel Force Radio is Rebel Force Radio um, right. in any case I, I, yeah if you want that that classic merch that makes you cooler than everybody else go go get that uh, and of course if you want to support us uh, and the network you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack where you can pledge a monthly amount it's kind of like Kickstarter. There are rewards for different tiers, but instead of it sort of leading up to a, a deadline, it's every month. So uh, you give us a dollar a month, and we give you access to the exclusive Thunderquack podcast. I did an excellent one-on-one interview with Matt uh, a couple months ago, back in July. Um, and it was awesome and revealing, and I learned a lot about Matt. Some of which uh, I'm glad to know, and other things I'm a little bit, I'm a little <laughs> You're bit not sure of. Yeah, I'm not so sure of some things oh, that I regret man. bringing up. Uh, if you've seen his Instagram feed lately, there's been a lot of juggling <laughs> and like, like tricks and that sort of thing. And I can't help but feel like I'm partly responsible for that. Yes, I go. I gotta start putting some juggling on this. This is too good. Yeah, I, <laughs> Michael I, Jackson, by the way. Yeah. So, I, I, if you want the backstory behind that, you're going to have to pay a dollar. Um, but that is a good little preview. So, uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack. You also get access to the exclusive Facebook group where you can chat with us and the other th- thunderquack hosts one-on-one. It is the most direct line. Um, other than, I guess, you can tweet at us, but sometimes I just kind of like a tweet and I don't really respond. But if you post in the Thunderquack group on Facebook, I'm very likely to, to give a, a comment because those are the people that are paying the bills. And we are very grateful for them paying those bills. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. That's it for this season of the Freemaker Adventures. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on this adventure through LEGO Star Wars World. 
Um, and uh, uh, here is us signing off and hoping for a season three. Um, yes. And hopefully we can get an announcement a little bit faster than we got the announcement on season two. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, thanks guys. And we will see you in a few weeks. See you soon.